What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ryan Stuman, the Hardcore Closer. And if you want to create a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, then you got to listen to the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast with the homie Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlick Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. How's it going, everybody? Your host, Xander Fryer, here for the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast. And today, we've got my good friend, Ryan Stuman, a.k.a. the Hardcore Closer. Now, Ryan has been an entrepreneur since he can ever remember. He started out selling car washes and mortgages. He got into selling drugs, and that got him thrown in prison. He got into real estate, and now he teaches sales and marketing and mentorship to thousands in every industry. Ryan's a contributor to Forbes, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur. He's a four-time best-selling author, and he runs a multi-million dollar business, partners in different multiple, multiple companies doing multiple millions, owns millions in real estate and in crypto, and he runs one of the largest entrepreneurial communities online supporting over 2,000 clients simultaneously. You're not going to want to miss this episode. In it, we're going to dig into a lot of amazing stuff, like how to develop the mentality to never quit. His secret that allowed him to accomplish all his life goals over the last 11 years, the G-code morning routine he uses to have more meaning and freedom in his life, and the number one thing that he thinks school should teach you that'll actually help you be successful. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss out on any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews, and for every new five-star review, we plant a tree to restore the rainforest in Madagascar and provide a child in India one year of e-learning. So give us a review, and you're giving back too. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of Shit You Don't Learn in College, and your host here today with the amazing Ryan Stuman, the hardcore closer. Ryan, welcome to the party, man. I sound like you're introducing like a a ringleader or magician or something. The amazing Ryan Stuman. I I felt that, I mean, you are are a little bit of all of those things, right? So I think it fits. Uh, Welcome to the yeah, welcome to the party, man. Really excited to dig in with you. Um, you know, Stuman, you've you've got a lot of accolades over the years and over the you know over the last few decades. Um, you know, my first question for you is actually, I just love to understand for you how would you, you you've you've made plenty of money. You've uh, been successful in business. You've owned real estate. You own parts of different companies. You've got best-selling books. How would you define success? Well, the first thing I would say 
that would be some shit you don't learn in college is there is no such thing as plenty of money. <laughs> You're like, you have plenty <laughs> of money. I'm like, according to who, Xander? That's know? a valid point. That's a valid point. <laughs> there's never enough because there's if if you're growing and building, there's never enough because there's always something that you can do with it. You know, there's there's never a shortage of opportunities. So, um, man, I just do a lot of stuff. And and, you know, the, the thing with me is I don't quit. So, yeah. for, for example, I, I just found this in my memories. You know, it comes up on uh, Facebook. In the memories yesterday, I did my first podcast uh, 11 years ago to yeah. yesterday, okay? And I was a guest, and I paid $5 on Fiverr to be on a show as a guest. And the, you could totally tell, and I went back and listened to it. It's it's hilarious. But you could totally tell the dude doesn't know me. It's my first show. I don't know what to say. I was probably yeah. like Bobby with my hands up. I don't know what to do with my hands. What, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. I didn't know what I was doing for a living or what. And, and so, but I never quit. <clears throat> and then I did yeah. another episode and then I started my own and then I just stuck with it, you know, 11 years later, uh, same with blogging. You know, I picked yeah. up blogging and I made my own blog back in like 2012 and I just kept doing it. I still do it today. And so in the beginning, you have a podcast that nobody listens to. And honestly, that's a blessing guys. Like for me, because if people were to listen to the podcast episode that I listened Cause, to, because when you, when you suck, you want nobody listening. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. At the time I was like, damn, well, nobody listened to it. Now I'm like, damn, thank God nobody listened to it. <laughs> right. So, um, in, in same with blogs in the beginning, nobody read that stuff, but you know, fast forward 11 years of consistent not not sporadic and and i went through seasons where i would do it and then seasons where i didn't do it but like consistent day in and day out writing on facebook sharing on instagram writing blog posts making podcasts man when i didn't have customers all i i thought well shit i can i need to create as much content as possible right that's what's going to yeah. get the customers to me that's what's going to make them find me on the internet i need and so dude there was like probably a six-year period of my life where i spent 10 hours a day writing, you know, yeah. like blogs and, and scripts and sales pages and building funnels. I think at one point I had built like 1500 funnels as of two, 2019 or something like that. So, Holy shit, man. And that's what I'm saying. You get to a point where over the course of 11 years, just, you know, it takes 30 minutes to write a blog. It takes 10 minutes to film a video. It did, all these things don't really take that long. And you can do five or six things within a, a 24 hour period of time, consistent every day to a point to where I just littered the internet with so much of my stuff to where it's really hard to ignore at this point. And now I got a team of people behind me because I got a little money and I can afford to hire people. So it's pumping out even faster, you know? Well, it's, it's super interesting that you bring that up because when we were in Miami a couple of weeks ago, I, I asked you like, what's next for you? What's next for Ryan Stuman? And you said, the same thing. Yeah. You basically were just like, yeah, more of what I'm doing. And it, it seems to me that like everybody, uh, especially in the entrepreneurial space, they go after the new and sexy, they go after the, the, you know, the hot new thing. And you're sitting here telling me, yeah, I've just been doing the same thing over and over for 11 years. And that's what allows me to get to the level that I'm at. Well, you, you know, Bobby Castro and he, yeah. said, he says it best, man. I love the quote from him. Hey, if you want to get rich, do the sexy stuff. If you want to get wealthy, do the boring mundane stuff over and over Ooh. and over and over forever. Right. I'll never forget when the first time I heard him say that we were uh, in Phoenix together and I was like, dude, that's so true. And that's why 
I don't consider myself wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but that's why I am where I am now is because I did a lot of people, they write two, three, four blogs. And then they're like, well, sh you know, nobody's reading this. So screw it. Why am I even doing it? They yeah. say the, the average podcast goes seven episodes and that's taken into credit a podcast like mine with 900 episodes. So I, right? so I've so, made it then I'm good. Yes. So seven <laughs> episodes. So think about this. The majority of people, after seven episodes, if they didn't go viral or if they didn't have a huge breakthrough and a huge following, we're like, I quit. That's you know? amazing. Think about that, man. That's but like that's, that's that's like that's the world we live in. This microwave society where we're expecting, you know, instantaneous results. Imagine if a golfer quit because they never made a hole in one in their first seven games that they played. Yeah. Imagine, you know what I'm saying? Just think, because that's what a viral video is, is a hole in one. You know, that's yeah. what a viral podcast is, a it hole does in not, one. It does not happen very often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead, you know what you got to do. You got to build backlinks. You got to get influencers to promote. You got to run ads. You got to have SEO. You got to, like, these are things that it takes, you know, and, and people think they're going to get on here and they're like, oh, I'm funny. I'm going to hit a home run or, oh, I'm good looking and I can talk. I'm going to hit a home run. And while that works sometimes... Yeah. The majority of the time, for every one person that that works, there's seven billion of us on the planet going, "Damn, I wish that was me." <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, but it's, just, it's the know. business lotto, right? Like people yeah, expect to is. win the the podcast or the blog or the business lotto just by putting out one good piece of content rather than really mastering the craft. Exactly, and you know, for me, uh, I make it a point to these days. It's probably about fifteen hundred, but for years, I wrote five thousand words a day. That was, yeah. that was my goal. Hey, I got to write a blog. I got to write Facebook posts. I got to do all this stuff, you know, 5,000 words a day. And that's what, that was my, my thing. But now I think if you Google my name and my companies and stuff, there's like 70,000 search results. By uh, the way, by the way, I, I hate that you're so prolific at content because every week my top sales guy, my head of sales goes, Xander, why aren't you posting more on social media? And I go, dude, I'm, I'm running and scaling the business over here. Like, yeah, I'll get it every now. And then he goes, well, Stuman does it. Like, <laughs> oh, you've got to, you've got to be shitting me, man. Like <laughs> see, that's my job. There's, yeah. there's, you know, to you make, to make my employees make my life harder. Thanks, Stuman. <laughs> well, uh, I think they do that some for all of us. They give us, they show us the real, the real yeah. truth, you know? And, but the thing is for me, yeah. you can't replace me on a stage. You can't replace me on video. Yeah. And it's hard to write like me. And so those are like the three things that yeah. really I can't outsource. And so that's the zone that I stay in. So uh, that's in. Plus, I like creating content. You know, that's that's what I do. I'm a, yeah. a entertaining type of person. So I've, I've got no shortage of stories and jokes and practical experiences to share on a regular basis. So but but for me, you know, for many years, I like built the website and then wrote the content for it. Now I just write like a Word document and send it to my assistant. She turns it into all the fancy stuff for me, right? Which makes it to where it takes way less time to do all the things it used to take. Yeah. Time, you know? Yeah, because you have to do you have to do less of the side work. But obviously getting there, getting there has been a process. But it, it sounds to me like your your work ethic and your ability to be consistent has been cornerstone to this. So I'd, I'd love for you to kind of give me maybe the three minute cliff notes on, uh, for anybody out there who is not fully aware of who Ryan Stuman is and, and your story. Um, I'd love for you to hit on maybe a couple of points around, you know, as you came up through sales, I know you used to sell, uh, like car washes, then you got into mortgages, but even, you know, before that, like 
Uh, I don't know if not everybody knows that, you know, you went to prison for a little bit too. Like, tell me, tell me about some of the things that you've had to go through in your past that have led to the person, the man that you are today. Yeah. So, you know, when I was like, uh, a, a young man, like a little kid, a baby, my family on both sides were like pretty wealthy. And then, uh, the SNLs crashed in the eighties, about 85, my family lost their banking business. The other family had loans with the bank. They lost their business. Big falling out. Mom and dad divorced. Dad never showed up. I end up, mom ended up remarrying and the other dude adopted me by the time I was like eight or so. And the dude that adopted me, his answer for everything was either work or abuse, right? I'm either going to kick your ass or you're going to work. And, and like, I worked for, from the time I was eight years old to the time I was probably 16, uh, never had weekends, didn't play sports. Like I worked, you know, to avoid getting my yeah. ass kicked by my stepdad. And it just taught me to deal with the elements, you know, out there at the car wash, selling car washes, washing cars and all that stuff. And, you know, this desk job still ain't so bad. And, you know, when I was 18, I got, uh, when I was 19, I got in trouble. I was, I was working three jobs, y'all. This is, this is how I was. I, uh, I left home when I was 16 and I got my own apartment when I was 18. In order to pay for this apartment, I would wake up at six in the morning and by seven o'clock, I'd be on a commercial job site, uh, as an electrician's helper. I got paid $12 an hour as a, and this was in the nineties. Yeah, this is in the nineties. That's how old I am. And then when I got home from there at four 30, I would shower and then run at five 30 across the street from my apartment. Cause I didn't have a car to the Mexican restaurant. And I was the dude that greeted everybody and sat them at their table. Right. <clears throat> then my third job, when I got out for the Mexican restaurant about uh, 10 PM was selling drugs. Right. And so that's, that's, man, I was just, trying to make as much money as I could. And anyway, I got in some trouble one night, made a bad decision with some drugs and got caught with them and ended up going and doing uh, two year sentence in about five or six different prisons around the state of Texas, like maximum security prisons and stuff. And a uh, very unpleasant time, but I got out, went back to work at the car wash. Cause you know, I thought that was the only place that would take me. And I just worked my ass off. One day, a customer comes in the car wash that was a regular customer. She says, I want to give you a job. You work your ass off here. And I was like, I got yeah. a job. I'm good. And she goes, no, I'll teach you to do mortgages. I was like, what's a mortgage? I have no idea. I've never heard that <laughs> word before. And so, and then I was like, I'm a felon. You know, I'm probably not going to be able to get that job either. And she's like, you know, you'll fit in fine, right? What was your felony for? Drugs? Oh, you'd be good. And so I, I, within about six weeks of that conversation, I went to work for within about six weeks of that conversation, I'd made $28,000 by 2000. that was in 2004 by 2005, I was making $700,000 a year. The cops thought I was selling drugs again, kicked in my door, no drugs, no nothing, but they busted me with uh, a gun. Weird story. State of Texas, you can own a gun if you're a felon, but the feds don't recognize it. So they turned me over to the feds instead of admitting they were wrong because I wasn't selling drugs. I ended up going back to federal prison for two years. However, ladies and gentlemen, wow. I knew that I could be successful. I had tasted it and it was proven it. So I get out of prison and while I'm in federal prison this time, the world is falling apart. The mortgage world that I work in, that I make all this money in is falling apart. Right. So I'm, I'm, you know, some people I understand when, when, 
you know, they believe everything the media and the government says. Cause like when we were in prison, we were in a, we were literally in a prison where the only information we got came from that box, the TV. Yeah. A lot of people still live life that way out here, you know? And so I was misinformed. I was told that the market was bad, blah, blah, blah. Get out. I didn't have no choice, but to get a job back in the mortgage industry, I killed it, man. Make $300,000 in 2009. Right. But Obama passed a law called the Dodd-Frank Act and the Dodd-Frank Act made it to where if you were a fucking felon, you couldn't, you, you couldn't write mortgages anymore. So think about this at this point in this short, brief cliff note story, I've been adopted, incarcerated, got my shit together, even went to church and all this other stuff, got arrested again for some shit I didn't do, went back to prison, got out, built it again, baby, and then lost my fucking job. So now I'm out of job and I'm like, all right, dude, I got to figure something out. I need something that, that, that there's no license, there's no government involved, and, and I really just want to be my own boss. And so I start Googling shit and I found this cat named Frank Kern. And this was in 2010 and I paid, oh, Frank. I paid $8,000. Frank's one of my dear friends still to this day. I talk to him very often, but I paid Frank $8,000 from some internet course called mass control. I believe it was. And when I took this course, I simply did exactly what it told me to do, except for I started selling how I made all this money as a loan officer. So I was selling this programs like how I made all this money as a loan officer. The average loan officer makes a hundred grand. I'm making seven times that three times that in a down economy. Right? So I put together this social media marketing package for loan officers and stuff. <clears throat> I did that for five years, successful, made millions of dollars at it. Not in the beginning, but over the course of five years. And then in 2017, I pivoted. It was like, you know what, dude, I, I, had so many speaking engagements and so many people I talked to is like, dude, I built a business. I know how to build businesses. And we created something called the apex program. And we've got basically levels depending on where you are in business, where we give you the consulting and the coaching you need. We got accounting firms, we got legal firms, all the shit that a business owner, like a one-stop shop where we got, we got the network, the people, the training, everything you need to fucking crush it in life and business. So that's a real, that's as short as I could possibly make it, Xander. <laughs> no, that was, that was phenomenal, man. I think that was, that really was the, uh, the movie trailer to, to your life. But you know, one of the things that I want to highlight from that is you've, you've honestly had every excuse not to be successful. Like you've had, you've had it all happen to you, right? You've had it all happen to you yet. Here you are today. Like, what do you, do you have anything that you want to tell people that make excuses? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't even talk about like divorces and shit that happened along the way as you're building your dream. You know, but on my hand here, I have FYE. And last Wednesday, there was 32 other people that got it tattooed on them as well. And it stands for fuck your excuses. Like that's our life motto. I got yeah. every excuse. You're right. I got every single excuse. Like my daddy didn't love me. I grew up poor. My mama wasn't around. Like I went to jail. I got every excuse other than the color of my skin. Uh, like literally I do, but I, yeah. even if that was the thing, I wouldn't give a shit, man, because I believe it's all up here, man. The thing, think about it. I keep bouncing back. You know, I keep, they, they put me, but here's what I know at the time things seem like a curse, right? Fuck. I'm back in prison. Fuck. I'm going through divorce. It seems like such a curse. 
But I look back now and without that, I wouldn't be telling this story. Without those things happening, yeah. I wouldn't be here. Nobody would care about me. I'd be just another weirdo on the internet that's extremely sunburnt from fishing a few days ago, you know? Like, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make anywhere near as entertaining a podcast interview, I'll be honest, right? Exactly. So we're really glad that that all happened. Exactly. Plus, I'm a hardhead. And when you're a hardhead, God's really got to like slap you into reality. And for me, that's like incarceration and divorce. And so they say you won't change unless something life altering happens. Right. And so I've had a lot of life altering stuff because God's like, oh, God, he's at it again. Jeez, let me go free. <laughs> right. Like I'm the problem child of the family. But I, but but I know my mission now, you know, at, at about 38 years old, I got clear. You know, I'm on a mission to help as many people as possible become the greatest versions of themselves, right? Not just make money, but like make a life. And, you know, when I got clear on that and realized that was my calling, man, things have really fallen into place, you know? And, and I want to I talk about that for a second, if you don't mind, because, you know, you have like you have the nickname, the hardcore closer, right? So yet, you know, when when I first met you, you're probably one of the most humble, most giving, most down to earth people that you'll meet. Right. And obviously you've built an extremely large, uh, group and mastermind. You mentioned, uh, the breakthrough Academy and apex. Uh, you have one of the largest coaching communities online that at least that I'm aware of T like, talk to me about that. There's the, tell me about like this dissonance between like the hardcore closure and then like Ryan Stuman, like one of the most loving, giving people that you can meet. Like, tell me about that. Dude, I get that all the time. When when I was dating my wife, her parents were like, that guy is trouble, blah, blah, blah. And like five years into our relationship, her dad's like, you know, at first I didn't like you, but once I really get to know you, you're like a super nice guy, man. You're like a big giver and everything. <laughs> well, I have to kind of put a guard up around that because givers don't have, like, we have limits. There's only so much I can give yeah. you. You know, takers don't have limits because you can take whatever somebody will give you, you know, and the, the, I've never said this before, but the, the God's honest truth, man, was I created that moniker out of shame, you know? Yeah. Um, and I wasn't really happy with Ryan Stuman at the time, the two time felon that lost his fucking job again. Right. Like all, and mind you, none of these things, I didn't go to jail because I wasn't performing in society. I didn't lose my job because I wasn't top producer. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like peak performance in my lifetime and having these outside government, interferences and had i known that it was a federal law not to have a gun i wouldn't have a gun you know what i mean yeah. i didn't know that because i'd only been in state trouble so long story short you know those things were embarrassing and yeah. i wanted to create a moniker that i could hide behind that name right so that when people googled me and and looked me up they were looking up hardcore closer not necessarily ryan stewman so i didn't have to get over because, man, I didn't come out with all this prison shit until 2014. Uh, so yeah. from 2010 to 2014, I'm the hardcore closer hiding this shame. So when I got on video, I wasn't Ryan Suman, this fucking dude who lost his job. And been I was the hardcore closer, right? It just gave me this this alter ego. But the truth is, I'm, I, you know, in prison, I don't have any swastikas. I was never in a gang, none of that stuff. Why? Because I didn't know anybody on the money streets on the streets money. I never robbed anybody. I paid off all my debts. I've always operated with integrity. Even when I sold drugs, I wasn't like a, a bad drug dealer. I was just hustling people. They were going to buy it somewhere. I'm just trying to make a dollar or two yeah. off of them, you know, and I didn't ever sell like a whole bunch of it or anything like that. So I've always just been a nice guy. So I created this alter ego is, you know, somebody. And then about three years ago, 2017, was like, hey, man, I don't want to be known as like the sales guy. And, and I do. I close deals all the time. I'm a very good salesperson. 
and yeah. uh, and I close deals like I've already closed two uh, uh, real estate deals this morning that we were here uh, before we got on here. And yeah, I was watching. I was watching you te- text away and close while we were while we were getting ready for this, man. <laughs> exactly, and, and that's not not what I want to be known yeah. for. I don't want to be known as just a sales guy. But here's here's the thing, like with that story. Every time that I needed something, sales was the only thing there for me. My family was never there for me. My friends were never there for me. A corporate job, insurance, but there was always a sales job. I get out of prison, there was always a sales job somewhere. I got you know, a divorce, yeah. there was always a sales job that allowed me to build that back. So I think that's the single most foundational skill that anybody in life can learn is sales and influence, right? Because once you get that down, there's always something out like... Like think if I didn't have sales skills and I got out of prison and I worked as a lawnmower or something like that, man, I mean, and just took a normal, you know, hourly wage job, man, if it wasn't for my sales ability, none of this shit would be possible, you know? When I think also sales is just the sales guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think also sales gets a really bad rap. You know, I always tell people that like sales and leadership are pretty much synonymous. They're both about influencing and persuading others to take action with you, right? It's just leadership, you get this connotation of positivity and change. Sales, you get this connotation connotation of negativity and manipulation. And I, I really think you are an embodiment of like, yeah, sales is for the greater good. Like why would why would a couple thousand people follow you and stick with you for years? as, as a coach and as a mentor, if you weren't giving them tremendous value, right? Well, I have the answer to that because I've thought about it more than probably any other person in existence. And I have the one true answer. So inevitably everybody's been ripped off by a salesperson. Okay. And the reason why is at one point we showed up without our parents and we bought some shit that we shouldn't have. And our parents told us that we got ripped off, right? Like that, that happens. And, yeah. and then we, so then, the, so the, really the world hates a salesperson. Cause here's why a salesperson rips somebody off. What's the media do? They show up down there. We're on the scene here with uh, John Hiley auto and uh, they have ripped off the Smith family. Do the right articles online, rip off report. The think about the movies about salespeople. You have Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan ripped off a whole bunch of people. You have Boiler Room. Those guys were stealing. You have Wall Street. Greed is good. Gordon Gecko, bad guy. Like really the best sales movie of all time is Tommy Boy, but they make fun of him like he's just some fat guy that's an idiot. But if you think about it, Tommy Boy's like thrown into position. He gets a mentor and David Spade goes on the road, learns his craft, saves the fucking company, nails the sale, gets the woman. That's like the greatest. That's the most real sales story of all time. But nobody looks at that. As a sales movie, just like you didn't until I said that, because all the literally, sales- literally, you're blowing my mind right now. This makes me so happy. <laughs> all the sales movies are bad, right? So the people yep. like they know that people been ripped off by a salesperson. The media portrays salespeople as bad people. They make movies about the bad guys, not the good guys. We got like Pursuit of Happiness and Tommy Boy. That's it. That's all they've thrown us. It's a lot like a pit bull. If you've ever, I'm from the hood, man. We all own pit bulls growing up. Pit bulls are the greatest dogs ever. But as soon as one of them bites somebody, it's all over the damn news. Chihuahua, these motherfucking chihuahuas and Labradors kill kids every single day. They're never on the news. But as soon as a pit bull does something, oh my God, it's a bad, a bad thing. It's the same with salespeople, right? 
And so the, the reason why people have this stigma against salespeople is they've been systematically programmed from the media and Hollywood that salespeople are evil, when in all reality, salespeople is your mom, your brother, your father, your cousin. And even if you're not getting paid a commission, that doesn't mean that you're not a salesperson. When I go to the movie theater, the person that says, hey, would you like popcorn with that? Guess what? They're a salesperson. And a lot of people don't understand is that we're all salespeople. So if we hate the salesperson, we really hate ourselves, you know? which is why I love salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love that, man. That's amazing. Um, let's dig, let's dig a little bit deeper on, uh, like you as a person, how you function now, now that you are where you're at, you have the accolades, you have the success, uh, you have quote unquote, plenty of money, which as we just talked about, is probably not plenty of money. Um, I just want to know a little bit more about you and how you run your life right now. Like, for example, what's the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Uh, so I have an app called the G code and you can check it out at gcodechallenge.com. and G code is basically, I got this shit tattooed on me too. And so do tons of other people. It's our process. It's a grateful mindset, taking care of your genetics, working on your grind, your business and the group of people you surround yourself with. Right. And so each day I start the day off writing five things that I'm grateful for in that app that gives me a point because each each of yeah. those four things gives you one point per day. So you can get four points a day. So you get about 100 points a month depending on your workout schedule. And so that's the first thing I do. Second thing I do, drink some water and get to the gym as fast as possible. Here's why. Because if I don't get my ass to the gym, I will not go. And for 21 years, I've been in the gym five days a week, right? 21 years consistently since I was 20 years old and went to prison. I've been working out five days a week since then, other than the times when I've had broken limbs and broken necks. But that's all another story. I, I live on the edge. Fancy life, you guys. But anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm in the gym and I got a personal trainer. I work out in the gym for about an hour and then I kind of start my day after that. So the trick is... You know, you have to act your way into a feeling because you'll never feel your way into action. And if I sat around yeah. waiting until I feel like going to the gym, I'll never go. So can you, can you say, that, cool, say that one more time? Because I, I think that's something that everybody needs to hear twice. Say it again. You have to act your way into a feeling because you'll never feel your way into action. Right. You'll I never feel like doing something. But you ever notice you don't feel like exercising, but you're sure glad you did after you're done. Yeah. Right. And, and so for me, I have a little system, and this will help some people here and probably you, Xander. Is so wake up in the morning. I'm up 536 at the latest. And wake up in the morning, go to the gym. On the way to the gym, I listen to podcasts, a book. Like right now, I'm listening to Willie Nelson's biography, right? I'm a Texan. He's a Texan. You know, he's a cool guy. So I'm listening. So I, I like listening to a, a podcast or YouTube videos or something motivational when I get to the gym, before I get in there, I get to procrastinate for a minute. This is my one chance in the day to procrastinate because I hate the gym so much. I write my Facebook post every day. So that's how you know I'm in front of the gym every day. I, I have a mission that's to write one, one Facebook post a day. That's all I do. It, you know, If I do anything else, that's cool. But one a day, and it always starts right in front of the gym. That's my routine to get that. So then it's like, then that gives me all day to stay in the news feed, right? Because people going back and liking it and everything else. And, and people wake up and, and I know my audience, my audience wants something motivational. That's why I'm listening to a biography so I can share somebody's story or a similar experience that I remember. Right. So, so now, now I have no excuse when my, when my head of sales asks me why I haven't posted on Facebook today, cause now I have the process. You just so, got to be exactly. You just need a system. That's what so many people yep. think. 
they don't systematize their light, so there's never any real intention about doing stuff. But when you operate with intentionality, man, it makes shit a lot easier. So I'm I'm curious now because you, like your your morning is well systematized, and you've got a lot of things that you're very intentional about what you do. Do you do anything like that for your evening routine, or is that more relaxed? Uh, you know, so let's say I get off work at five or six. It depends. Like last night, we did one hundred twenty five thousand dollars in sales in three hours. So, you know, last night I was up a little later than normal, but you know, we usually about six o'clock, I'm home. I have dinner with my family and, uh, you know, we shoot the shit and everything else. And then, uh, yeah, I'm a lot more relaxed in the evening. It just depends on whatever got everything wind up. My wife is a really good cook. So usually what happens about six o'clock, we sit down for dinner and then I eat and then I go to the couch and I end up passing out probably at seven 30 or eight cause I'm all full and can finally relax my mind for the day. And I've been up early running a million miles an hour. So you know, I love it, man. It's I like that it. meme where it's like, my dad's always asking me why, why I sleep in, but then my dad at 6 PM sleep on the couch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel that man. Um, what, one more question for you. What do you, is there anything, let's put it this way. What's to you, what to you is one thing that's more important than money? Uh, you know, the security of my family is the most yeah. important thing in my life. Um, you know, I, 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 I just want them to have the things that I didn't have. And it's not about a money thing. It's just about the, uh, freedom and experience and love. Like I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of love, you know, and I want my kids to feel that, but they're, my wife and kids are definitely the most important thing out there, you know? And, and dude, honestly, when it comes to my job, you know, you kind of got to have some of the fancy stuff I have to be relevant in this industry, but I'm not a fancy guy. I'm wearing a $20 shirt with Levi's yeah. jeans on, you know, and, and, and I'm just, I'm, I like cars, but that's about the, the extent of my fanciness. But, you know, I, I would do this for free if there was a way to do that. Let's say today I win the lottery for, you know, a hundred million dollars or whatever. Dude, I'd give all my shit away for free. I really would. Yeah. I wouldn't be the guy that's like, I still go to work tomorrow with a hundred million dollars to invest in different deals, but I would still go to work Tomorrow we just start giving it away, you know? Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Last, last question for you to close it out. What's one thing you wish that you learned in school? You know, and I didn't really go to school much, so I didn't learn a whole lot, but I wish they would have taught the importance of writing. You know, yeah. in, in school, they make you they make you write formally as if you're like Shakespeare or something like that. And that's not how people really communicate. And and really the most important skill that anybody can have in life, they don't teach you in school either. But the most important skill that anybody can have in life is being resourceful. Right. Like if, if I throw a Navy SEAL in the middle of a desert in a wetsuit, he's going to cut with nothing, no money, no nothing, no gun, no nothing. He's going to come back in camo fatigues within a few hours from somewhere with an AK-47. He's going to go get the resources he needs. Yep. And, you know, I have employees that work for me. We got a young man that we just put in charge of our events. And we're like, here's what you got to do. Go be resourceful. Here's your budget. You know, and most people, they don't think to go to Google or they, I mean, we see it on social media all the time. It's like, oh, what's this person's name? Like, I don't know, bitch, get on Google and be resourceful. Because <laughs> So many people are lazy, but that's that's a big skill. So learn how to connect with people. Like, and what I mean connecting with people, I'm not talking about some spirituality stuff, like how to be a connector of people and be resourceful, right? Like if somebody hits me up, if you, if you need something from me and I know that person, 
then I can help them get something because of somebody that you know, man. When you put enough fucking people together, somehow some of that transaction winds up in your hands if you do it right, you know? Yeah, I love that, man. Beautiful. This is this has been super great, Ryan. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining in. Last question for you: Where can people learn more about you, and what's on the horizon for you? Yeah, so you know me, I, I I really am. You said that in the beginning. Is you're like I'm always working on the same thing. I really am always the number one question in my mind at work is how do I keep people from leaving? Right. That's that's what's the the yeah. big pressing the big question for me every day is like how do I keep people from leaving? How do I retain customers? But I am all over the place. I just don't let my focus go. I got money in crypto and real estate and 50 other different things, but like that's the focus, right? So uh, it's always good to maintain the main thing. But you can find me, all my social media and all that stuff is at hardcorecloser.com. So you can join our Facebook groups, find me on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, all from hardcorecloser.com. Just go there. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Ryan, this has been, this has been stellar. I uh, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, big dog. I'll see you again soon. Absolutely, boss. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. Thanks a ton.